When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 Fan in Dallas. Joined as always by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout. Brian Broaddus, he is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. He's also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And Brian, we are here into the practice week, and it is not without a little bit of drama. We're recording this on Thursday night as the uh, Detroit Lions and Kansas City Chiefs are tied up at 7 currently on Thursday night football. The NFL season is underway. Um, but the Cowboys, you know, we we knew that Sam Williams entering this week was dealing with a little bit of turf toe. Donovan Wilson uh, has been coming back from his injury, uh, but now you're you're starting to see some some cracks on the offensive line. Uh, it was the first practice of the week. Tyler Smith, your left guard, has to leave practice with tightness in his hamstring. Uh, they had an MRI done there, confirmed that it was a hamstring strain. Uh, he has not practiced the first two days of this week. He's been working with Britt Brown and the training staff on on trying to work back. Um, but his status is a little unclear right now. Um, Mike McCarthy said if he's able to do the walkthrough, they're going to try to make him, you know, they're going to try to have him out there. And then just pop it up on the injury report Thursday with an ankle. Uh, <laughs> it listed as limited in practice. It's, it's the most predictable uh, participant on the injury report every year. It's Tyron Smith. So, Brian, this is your left tackle now who already has trouble with pass rushers like Kayvon Thibodeau, who he's going to see this weekend. Uh, you know, those guys who can threaten with speed on the edge and, and have those inside moves. You've already got Tyron Smith now a little banged up. You don't know if you're going to have Tyler Smith, which I personally think would mean if he's out, I think you're looking at Chuma Idoga, which I, I, I don't necessarily trust Idoga a whole lot. I'm starting to get a little little nervous here, Brian, about the potential matchup with that left side of the offensive line looking a little banged up. It is very, uh, you know, it's it's a situation that going in with the way that Mike McCarthy plays and uh, doesn't play the starters in the preseason, you're figuring, okay, we're going to have the health of the offensive line. Everything's going to be fine, dandy. And then as you get through practice or through uh, a couple of days, all of a sudden guys start dealing with, uh, you know, I, I was – Told that the Tyron Smith uh, ankle injury was minor. Uh, I know that uh, likely that uh, Tyler Smith is going to be, as you mentioned, with Britt Brown, likely till Saturday. I don't anticipate Tyler Smith practicing tomorrow. We'll see how things go. 
You mentioned that uh, Adoga would be there at the left guard spot. That is a fact. Uh, if the if in fact that Tyler Smith can't go, then uh, Adoga will be the left guard. The backup likely will be either Bass or uh, you know maybe even Awesome Richards in that situation. I, I would I not could, rule out Brock Hoffman. Brock Hoffman's another one. I mean, uh, just happened to go by on my way to do the break this morning. And they were practicing, and you know, you as you walk into the studio, I took a, a peek out to my left and just watched for a second as I'm walking. And Hoffman was there at uh, at the uh, at the guard spot. I mean, excuse me, at the center spot. So yeah, they're getting him ready for uh, center guard, whatever he has to play. But yeah, well, uh, they can't trust all these guys. Uh, and if uh, if uh, Tyler Smith's out, well, like I say, Adoga, and then we'll see who's behind whether it's Bass or Hoffman in that in that role. And look, we got to talk to Jerry Jones on Tuesday on 105.3 The Fan, and you know, I, I asked him, where is an area of the team where maybe you'd still be in the hunt for some depth that you might be out there searching? And he acknowledged it like we all kind of feel like, is that it's the offensive line. The, the Cowboys need more depth there. Currently on the active roster, not including the, the practice squad, um, they have three backup offensive linemen. One of them is strictly a guard in TJ Bass. It was also a rookie undrafted free agent. The other is a uh, fifth rounder, Awesome Richards, who I think has some potential, but is is not there yet. Um, and then the other guy you have, the, the only veteran presence you have and somebody who's got some position flexibility is Chume Doga, who looked really rough Poor. In, in training yeah. camp, to be honest, yeah. especially at tackle. Yeah, um, which, which looked a little better inside a guard, so that's a little comforting. But with your left tackle banged up, I mean, let's say worst case scenario, Tyron Smith's ankle swells up like a you know a grapefruit in the next day, and all of a sudden he can't go, and Tyler Smith can't go. You might be looking at Chuma Yudoga at left guard and Awesome Richards at left tackle. Yeah, I think so. Start off the year. Yeah, and I think so. This was already. This trench battle, the the Giants defensive line with Dexter Lawrence, uh, Leonard Williams on the interior, those two guys. And then you've got, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari and the way that they're able to rush the passer. This was already going to be a matchup in the game that I felt like was going to stress the Cowboys. It was one of the it was one of the areas of this matchup that I felt like, man, that, that's an area where the Giants might be able to get them a little bit. I think all the other matchups position versus position, you know, receiver, their receivers versus your corners, right. your receivers. Versus, I felt like just about every other matchup tilts Dallas's way in this game. But, man, this trench battle was one that I didn't feel confident about. And now if the left side of your line is banged up, now I think you're, you're starting to look at that can be, if things don't play out the way you want, that can be the first domino that gets pushed over that then has a huge impact on the rest of your offense and takes away a lot of your advantages. So this is this is an area of concern right now, Brian. Yeah, and you know, good luck finding offensive linemen out there. You know, that's yeah. <laughs> it's crazy that uh, you know anybody that to me was a veteran guy that people were kind of talking about before training camp that never got into a camp all summer. Well, those guys become guys emergency guys on your board. But man, you just do not want to. I mean, if you had to you know, going to and, and trying to poach a practice squad player, you know, that m- maybe could be a better long-term kind of a thing because it might be a little bit of a younger player or somebody you like. But, you know, going out and getting a veteran guy, 
it, it, you know, that's, that's just no bargain right now. I mean, I mean, we talked about Jason Peters, you know, and is Jason Peters a guy that would be, you know, two, three game kind of a bridge? Yeah, sure. But you talk to people in the organization, they also kind of feel like, well, that, that ship sailed, you know, but does, but does your situation, you know, on the offensive line with, with, with Brock Hoffman and, you know, and others, you know, awesome Richards, I mentioned Bass with all these young guys, are you, are you setting yourself up for, uh, for some failure? I personally, I don't have a problem with TJ Bass. I'm sorry. I, maybe I'm the only, maybe I'm the only one in the building that watched him for three preseason games, not give up a pressure. And they were, you know, there was a couple of times where they were playing against starting offensive linemen, at least first two series of the game, you know, and he got opportunity and another opportunity and more opportunity. You know, I don't, uh, maybe Adoga all of a sudden things figure out and smooth out and he's able to play the guard spot and everything's okay. I don't know if, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see a, and I'm not considering, I'll act like I watched every single practice, but the, 10 or so practices that I did get to watch, I wasn't impressed. I was not impressed. And so to me, if you said, well, you know, and coaches will always do this. Coaches will go with the veteran guy just because it's the veteran guy, just because the guys played in NFL games. But, you know, that's the experience factor. I don't know if it's necessarily the best, the best case scenario if, in fact, that Tyler Smith can't go. Yeah, I mean, this is something where, uh, you know, this is a Joe Philbin uh, really leaned into this. He's obviously not here anymore. It's Mike Solari now. But, um, you know, this is a discussion that we used to have with Joe Philbin over the, the years when he was here where you felt like maybe this guy was a better player than, you know, you thought the younger player was better than this veteran. But the the line of thinking within the building, and I think it remains the same even with Joe Philbin gone, is – yeah, but I know uh, this guy's not going to bust. I can live with. Yeah, that's the guy. what coaches do every time. Yeah, they do they, that. They, they would. They, they would rather assignment sound. Yeah, that's they would. They, yeah, yeah. They they would rather go with what they think the known is as opposed to the unknown. We didn't know. Okay, if you really evaluated Tyler Smith at Tulsa like we did, you could see he was going to play tackle. You could see that he was a guy that was. Okay, this guy's you know going to have to work on his hands. He holds a little bit, techniques a little off. You know there were things you could identify with, but you know nobody knew how he was going to play left tackle last year. You know, and they threw him out there, and he played left tackle. He played at a pretty nice level. wasn't yeah. perfect. wasn't perfect. Led me to believe that like, hey, maybe you could let Tyron Smith walk here, and everything will be fine if you had legitimately had grabbed a guard during the draft or you went and got one in free agency, but no, they didn't do that. So, you know, they, they, you know, Tyron Smith is, you know, going to play left tackle and, and I think he's going to be fine. Is he what he was five years ago? Absolutely not. You know, he's, he's, he's a good offensive lineman. At one time he was a great offensive lineman. He's a good offensive lineman now. So, you know, that's, that's the thing. I mean, we were talking with, uh, with, uh, Zach Martin today on our show, 105.3 The Fan, Zach Martin show, uh, you know, every Thursday. And first one, he's talking, singing the praises of, of uh, uh, Terrence Steele. You know, and you feel good, as good as you feel about 
the right side is as bad as you feel about the left side right now with what's going on with the injury stuff. But that just shows you, I mean, they, they threw Terrence Steele out there, you know, and as much as I gnashed my teeth and all this stuff about him playing, kid did all right. And he's done all right for himself. And he and I asked Zach Martin the same question today. I mean, like, what is it with you two? And he, you know, it's, it looks like you guys fit hip to hip and secure and this, that, and the other. He goes, oh, no, man. This guy does it down in, down out every single time, consistently. And so that's what you're trying to figure out, you know, on that other side. You're trying to, you know, you're trying to get that consistency. But, yeah, the, it, it's, it, right now that's, that's really, you know, up in the air. The one thing that I think that, you know, since training camp – at least Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith have got to work together over there. You know, they have got to work together where, you know, Zach Martin was not, you know, not in camp. But the fact he feels so confident in him and Terrence Steele working together, you know, that makes you feel a lot better than what's going on on that left side for sure. Yeah, but I mean, even still, if you look outside the left side, like the stability right now, clearly would be center right guard right tackle feels a little more stable than everything else but you still have some questions at just about every spot I mean they're not the same questions as the left guard having a hamstring strain and right. Tyron Smith not only with an ankle but you're also just wondering what level can Tyron Smith even play at anymore we just don't know it's not even like a question of well he's got to prove he can still do it. it's just you don't know what level he can play at because we've seen him play so sporadically and there's always a a context explanation for why he played poorly recently. You know, last year yeah. was, well, he was playing right tackle. He was coming off injury a little bit before that. It was, yeah, okay. He got worked in the San Francisco playoff game, but man, he had COVID. He was a COVID out. He was probably having trouble recovering. So we don't know what that answer is, but Tyler Biotis, we heard him join at people on the field in Oxnard, uh, you know, for, for late chips or whatever else. And he would say, you could hear him from where we're at saying, I'm hurt. Like stop screwing! I mean, he's been yeah. banged up during yeah. during camp. Uh, the Zach ankle. Martin, he's doing yeah. with that ankle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Zach Martin missed a ton of time at camp. Now he was working with Duke Manyweather the whole time, but he's missed the team reps. And then right tackle Terrence Steele's coming off an ACL. This just it feels very just unstable right now against a really good Giants front. You know, right there, that front four is is really intimidating. And so as we head into this game, Brian, do you think we see maybe more Rico Dowdle? Is Dowdle in there as as one of the better pass protecting backs? Do they have him in there more? Do they go some max protect stuff? Um, You know, do they do they do things to, you know, shift help over to the left side of the line? What do you think the response is, even if you have Tyron and Tyler playing, what do you think their response is to two guys who are clearly banged up on that side of the line? To me, Bobby, there, I feel like that if the Cowboys, it's going to be about controlling the front. You're absolutely right. But the Giants have two rookie cornerbacks that are going to yeah. play in this game. You know, when you talk about with, with Trey Hawkins, and then you also talk about with Deontay Banks, you know, and so to me, you know, I know there's I know there's always the thing about balance, and I know McCarthy wants to run the football, and I think he's going to try and run the ball on the edge. I really, really do. I'm, you know, I think that's kind of where they're going to try and make livings is get the ball to the edge, and then see if they can get it outside the tackle box 
and hit, make some hit, quick hitting plays that way. You know, trying to manhandle the Giants in, in, inside, I don't think is the best recipe, especially if Adoga is the left guard. Yeah. But to me, man, if you could find a way to protect in this game, you know, I will absolutely take my chances with the three Cowboy receivers, you know, having to deal with Trey Hawkins, uh, Deontay Banks, and then also dealing with the Dory Jackson in the, in the slot. You know, I think there's some plays to be made against those guys, and especially with all the crossing stuff. You know, the one thing that, you know, and talking to the people with the Giants uh, about their situation, stuff like that, you know, they're, they're, they, these are young corners. They've, you know, they've got a lot of ability, but you know, they don't have a lot of experience. And that's the thing that kind of worries them especially against the Cowboys receivers. Can the Cowboys uh, hit them with some off-shoulder throws or back-shoulder throws? You know, can they run crossing routes? Can they separate? You know, the, the, the Hawkins and Banks both are press man players. We know what Wink Martindale is as a blitzer. He's gonna, he is going to test this Cowboys offensive line, but you mentioned it. He is also going to test the running backs in blitz pickup. So... But if, if Dallas shows that they can't, if the Giants don't have to blitz and are able to get home and get pressure without blitzing, this could be a long night for the Cowboys. This could be a very long night. But they've got but if they somehow, some way pick up or secure their fronts and Dak has to, you know, get the ball out quick like we've seen, there's some plays to be made on the outside against this secondary. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, Brian, let's take a uh, closer look here at the Giants um, as, as we head into this game. I know you've gotten a chance to do a little bit of study on them. Yeah. We, we just talked about the trench battle on this side of, you know, the Cowboys offensive line versus what the Giants bring uh, on the defensive line. You've already mentioned the secondary, how the Cowboys probably have an opportunity to take advantage of a lot. You've got two rookies out there, one of them who's right. just playing at Old Dominion. Uh, and is a He's a long-rangey guy. I mean, mm-hmm. a long – he fits – but what happens is he's the guy that when you watch inside stuff, the routes, the drags, the ends, the, anything breaking inside, that's a little bit of a problem for him. So, yes, you know, the Cowboys offense, to me, in the West Coast, is predicated now on trying to create separation. You know, whether it's the crossing routes, running guys through trash, picks, screens, whatever you want to call them, you know, whatever you want to do to get routes open – 
I think the Cowboys, that's their game now. They want to give Dak Prescott as many open throws as they can. So, yes, the Giants could play right into your hands if it turns into a man game, and now you're running, you're running these corners through trash. Well, if we look at the other side of this trench battle and yeah. what the Giants' offensive line has, uh, it, it was a unit that last year had a ton of questions about it, and, and it's still not completely rebuilt. It, it remains to be seen what Evan Neal can become. He had his struggles last year, but he was a, yeah. a really highly regarded offensive tackle coming out of Alabama. A lot of offensive tackles have trouble their first year. So this is year two for him. He might step up. Andrew Thomas is one of the best tackles in he football. Is. He's yeah. really, really good. I know you really like their rookie center, John Michael Schmitz. That was a guy that you were high on during the draft process. We talked about him a lot. Um, is this a, an offensive line, you think, though, with the Giants, that maybe maybe it's a, a little before their time? Like, like in terms of they're still coming into their own. This probably, you know, maybe – by the end of the season, we're talking about a group, a unit that could give the Cowboys some problems. But this first game feels to me at least like this is still advantage Cowboys with their pass rush and what they can do with Micah Parsons. Well, it's going to be, Bobby, I think it's going to be about can you stop the run first. I think with Saquon Barkley and even with, with Matt, Jones, uh, Matt, Matt Jones, with Daniel Jones, uh, went way back in the Jacksonville history of wide receiver Matt Jones, Arkansas. Oh, quarter. Arkansas quarterback. But Daniel Jones, receiver. yeah, Daniel Jones to me, this is where the questions, the Giants are struggling inside. The Cowboys have their issues inside. And I say this, John Michael Smith's coming out of Minnesota, I really, really like. But John Michael Smith's, as athletic as he is, is having trouble with power. And he's having Mm -hmm. trouble with sustaining power. So let's see what happens with Hankins. Let's see what happens, you know, with Osa or Mozzie, you know, anybody that gets an opportunity to, to try. Because he is, like I say, he can move and position stuff. But if you get him with power, you shock him, it kind of slows him down a little bit. And he's not as good with the sustain. You know, he's trying his best. He's trying to be more vocal from what I've heard, trying to be more of a, you know, commanding in the inside as the center and, and to be able to communicate things. We'll see how that all plays out for him. But they're struggling at the guard spot. And, and, and you know, I think with, you know, with you look at the, the guards that they have, it's been a little bit of a Russian roulette, if you want to say, you know, like, okay, I know it sounds terrible, but. It's kind of like it. It really is. They're trying to kind of find out, you know, what they got at the with the with the guard. Glowinski and and and, and Brennison, yeah. And Brennison, yeah, absolutely. And that it, you know, who do they, you know, who is going to start? There's still those questions. Rookie center. Now you've got, you know, whoever starts. There might they might rotate guys. I was told through the game, just if just because you know they're really not really sure. You know where they're at with all those. That's usually it, what's the old line, Brian. If you don't, if you have, if you don't, well, if you have, if you if you have five, you don't have one, kind of a thing. Yeah, or, yeah, that, basically something yeah, like yeah. that. If, if you got four guards, you don't have any. You don't have one, and and that's really what they're dealing with right now. Is that they they are trying to figure out what's going on on site. And, and you mentioned Evan Neal. You know, this is what I think is going to happen in the game, Bobby. I think the I think the the Giants are going to be a left-handed team in this game. And I mean a left-handed team in the way that they're going to run the football. And, and, and when, when I, I think they're going to challenge 
if it's Sam Williams, you know, who's nicked up, who hasn't practiced, you know, he, you know, he's missed some practice time. You know, if he plays somehow, how long can he play with the turf toe? You know, but they're going to test Williams. They're going to test Armstrong. They're going to test whoever plays right end for the Dallas Cowboys. And they're going to test the right end, and they're going to test on the run on the edge if Diggs is willing to step up and make some plays. When teams were able to run the ball against the Cowboys, remember how it was everything was going to that side. It was, yep. you know, nobody's going to run the ball at Tank Lawrence because Tank Lawrence is damn good playing the run. You know, they're, it's, you know, you've got Van Der Esch, those guys, I mean, they are going to have to win on that right side of the Cowboys defense. You know, they can't, they cannot get hooked. They can't get cracked. They can't get second level blocked. You know, whether it's Clark or Van Der Esch, Somebody is going to have to play downhill. Safety's in the alley. Whatever they have to do, but they are going to challenge the right side of the Dallas Cowboys defense in this game with Saquon Barkley. And you know, with maybe we'll see with a Darren Waller. You know, we'll see. Will they line him up? Will they just try and, you know, big body on that edge and try and get the ball out to the outside? But they're they're not they're not gonna it's not smart running the ball at tank because he knows how to play the run. You know, you can you could get and and we'll see and we'll see on the outside too. You know how much uh, you know you're willing uh, to get uh, Gilmore involved in the run game. You know, is he willing? He's a smaller guy. Is he willing to yeah. step up? But I have a feeling it ain't going to be a tank. It's going to be the opposite way. But this team likes to get the ball out quick if they can. They've really really worked on that. And so getting the ball out quick, misdirections. They like to play with 11 personnel, and they like to take their wide receiver, Paris Campbell, who plays a little bit in the slot, maybe move him around. You might see him in the backfield. Maybe like what they do with Turpin with the Cowboys. The the jet sweeps, backfield with with Barkley, you, you don't know. I mean, a lot of different things that the Giants could do to try and get Paris Campbell the ball. Which is more... Just in the passing game, because you just obviously covered what Barkley can do and some of those things. They can throw Barkley the ball too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, the screens, the swings. That's you know, and again, we we talked about Darren Waller in this game. Barkley's talked about Barkley uh, dropped about six pounds. I I was reading uh, an interview he did. He dropped about six pounds this season specifically because he wanted to have more of an impact as a pass catcher. Yeah, he wanted to be you know more nimble and 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 be able to contribute in that regard, but. We already know what what Barkley can do. We know Daniel Jones is, uh, you know, it's, it's it's he's one of the more athletic quarterbacks in the NFL. Honestly, he's that he scares me. The the all of a sudden it's drop back. Things are covered. It's third and seven, and he runs for fifteen. And That's, he's fearless. He's fearless. Uh, he's uh, one of the toughest quarterbacks in the NFL. No question. It, it, I, I know there's a lot of people who who want to you know downplay Daniel Jones, and I, I don't think Daniel Jones is a top ten quarterback or anything like that. But but. Two of the traits that stand out about Daniel Jones and have even before last year when he started having success, incredibly athletic, incredibly tough. He will stand in there and he'll take hits. He'll yeah. he'll take them and he'll get right back up and he'll, you know, he'll deliver the ball through a hit. He'll he'll lower his head. Well, he he'll, did get knocked out in a Giants game. Uh, Jabril Cox got him one time. Remember they tried to run him on the goal yeah. line 
And he yeah. got whacked in the head, and and, and like he was concussed yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure about did. About the only play Jabril Cox made, I think, during his entire time here in Dallas. But we already know those aspects of it. In terms of the pass catchers, yeah. Which of these do you think challenges Dallas more? The ability of the tight end duo Waller, Daniel Bellinger, uh, a guy Bellinger that you know we we talked a lot yeah. about during the draft show. The type of track star speed that you have in a Paris Campbell and a Jalen Hyatt, does that stress Dallas more? Or is it the shifty open field players, a guy like Sterling Shepard and Wandell Robinson? You know, we had Kim Jones on from uh, – uh, great. Kim used to Kim used to be on the NFL Network. Now she's like Newsday, Giants. She's a Giants reporter, so she, yep. she watches the team every day. Kim said something to us, to the G-Bag Nation we had her on, that – that she goes, I, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating here, but I want to say 90, 85 to 90% of the balls that were thrown in Darren Waller's way, he caught. She, she said, I, she goes, I'm sorry, I don't want to sound like I'm exaggerating, but I, I think it was 85 to 90% of the balls that were thrown Darren Waller's way were caught. That kind of stuff worries me. How do you play Darren Waller? How do you play him, Curse? Do you do you switch off? Is Curse gets a look? Oh, maybe it's Van Der Esch. Oh, maybe it's Clark. Oh, maybe it's Jordan Lewis. Oh, maybe it's Bland. Do you give him different looks? How do you how do you you know play against him? Waller scares me a lot. Now they'll tell you they'll tell you that that Hodgins, Slayton, and Campbell will be the the eleven personnel guys yep. with Campbell being in the slot. Watch a lot of movement for him. Next thing you need to say is, okay, the downfield player is Hyatt. He's the one. If things get a little crazy, you max protect, and now you let the ball fly. What happens? Catch, interference, maybe a PBU. Brian, Brian, I was downstairs in one of the hotels in Indy watching Jalen Hyatt prep. I was standing right in front of him watching. Cat can run forty. Yeah, it is the it is one of like two or three guys I've ever seen in my life up close that when he ran, he looked blurry like yeah. in, in in front of your face. He looked blurry. That's how fast he is. He is that that's tough. If you get if you somehow get a Hyatt matched up on a Diggs, Diggs cannot run with Jalen Hyatt. No. And, and if they can protect long enough, he can burn you. That's why, like I said, and yeah, you mentioned, you know, Hodgins there and Slayton and they're bigger parts of it. That's why I was just curious about the specific skill sets. Does the tight end skill set, the track star skill set, or the joystick skill set of those other guys concern you the most? Because for me, it's just the track star speed. I, I don't know that there's anybody that can run with Paris Campbell and Jalen Hyatt if the Giants are able to protect for long enough. Yeah, that's, you know, and, and I'm listen, I, I, if the Cowboys go out there and smoke all these guys, I guarantee you the comments are like, oh, you guys ever sold this crap, you know? No, I'm just you're you know we're just having a conversation here. They can shut it down. We're just putting it out there. I'm just telling you, yeah, ability to do exactly. The one thing Hyatt has been able to do is run vertically and get past people. He, you know, every you see clips of every day, you know, during training camp, every day he was running past somebody. How big is Malik Hooker in this game then? Huge, because they're going to need somebody. They're going to need somebody whether they shade it to one side or the other. But they're going to need somebody in the back end to be able to have some range. You know, I've, I've been super, super critical of Malik Hooker. This is a game he can absolutely shut me up 
Or it could be like, hey, I kind of told you, you know, here's here's why you need a safety with a little range. But you're right. These guys can run past the Cowboys' corners. And that's the thing I worry about. The, you know, the third down and there's third and seven and you get a defensive holding. You know, you get a illegal contact because you're not playing with really good technique. You know, I, I was asked that on Cowboys break with Ambar and uh, Patrick Walker and Derek. And uh, they asked me, well, what's the, what's the one thing that can make this team, this defense go from really good to elite? I said, eliminate hands to the face, uh, you know, unnecessary roughness, defensive holding, uh, pass interference. How many times on third down have we seen them get off the field and then on the other side of the field there's a defensive holding or legal yeah. contact yeah. or some BS penalty like that? It's third and seven. They get off the field, good pressure, ball's thrown away, and then the referee, you know, Aiden, uh, uh, Adrian Hill, who's the official this week, illegal hands to the face, defense, you know, and you're like going, damn it, you know, that kind of thing. And they, you know, that's that's what's going to take them from being a really, really good defense to elite defense if they eliminate the crap like that. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. We got a lot of questions in this week. Uh, Thanks to everybody here. again by that. Yeah, by absolutely. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, so you guys so much. And I think this is the first time uh, we've gotten this, uh, a question from Craig Boyd. Okay. Uh, Craig Boyd here submitted his question, and it's a good one to, to kind of launch off with. Um, would love to get your guys' prediction for the season before it starts. Nothing is for certain. But how far do you think they can actually go? Now, Brian, this is obviously a broad question. Yeah. So uh, if, if you don't have a specific record or anything else, that's fine. I'm somewhere um, between 11 and general, 6. I'm between what, what 11 and general, 6 and 10 and 7, something like what, that. What are some general expectations and predictions you have then for the, the you know, macro for the Cowboys this year? Maybe how you think the offense will perform. What you think the defense – will the defense be able to sustain the turnovers that they've had for consecutive mm -hmm. years? Like, like, what are some of your just general outlooks that you believe will be true about the team outside of just the record? I don't know what – I, I, I think the offense has got tremendous skill players. I really do. There's so much questions now with the offensive line. I think this team is only going to be as good as the offensive line. You know, if there's injuries, if there's problems, if there are scheme problems where they're not doing things aren't fitting, they're not protecting, you know, I, I really do believe this offense has got the receivers, they've got the tight end, they've got the quarterback. This offensive line, if they're not capable and, and this team gets in a lot of bad situations, because A, they can't run the ball, and B, because they can't pass protect. You know, my 10-win, 11-win season will probably be a, mo a moot point, if you yeah. want to be honest with that. I think defensively, I think defensively, they've got to prove that they can absolutely choke the run. You know, they always say, hey, it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's, it's a privilege to rush the passer. You've got to find a way to put teams in the situations where you can rush the passer. I think the secondary's got a lot of promise to it. I think the pass rushers could be really good, but they've got to find a way to make sure that they do not get killed in the running game. I, I think the schedule is difficult. I think this is a 10 or 11 win season for the Cowboys. I don't think it wins the division, but I don't think this division is something that the Philadelphia Eagles run away with. I don't think this is a 14 win Philadelphia Eagle team. You know, 
I feel like that this is a it's probably going to be a division that's very, very close from like if the commanders figure out things with Sam Howell, they're gonna be a much improved team. You know, the Giants, we're gonna see them firsthand, first out of the gate. You know, I think they're they've improved their skill. I think this division is going to be very, very tough. Yeah. I wouldn't surprise me if this division is won with eleven with eleven wins. It won't surprise me one bit if that's the case. I think oh, I every think. I think everybody's got a difficult schedule. Kansas, uh, what uh, does the uh, the uh, Eagles pick up the Chiefs right as their difficult game or the seventeenth yeah. game? Yeah, you know, we we yeah okay. So that's where we where we I say we Cowboys get the the Chargers, Kansas City and Philadelphia. So there's going to be, but they really play the same schedule. The same, the same teams, basically, you know. So I, I could see eleven wins winning this division, but I, I with the Cowboys, I say eleven or ten. I think maybe closer to ten wins, ten and seven, maybe with this team. Yeah, I think I think around ten or eleven is a good bet, and and I think that look, one of the predictions I have right now for the season is that you know if you want to just talk about player specific, is I really think Micah Parsons can get twenty sacks this year. Yeah, we. I, I was on Media Mash on DallasCowboys.com on Thursday, and you know Clarence Hill and I were chatting about it too. And and like Clarence said, Clarence like I've been to you know I've been at training camp since 1997 around here, and I, I'm telling you like that's one of the more dominant training camps I've seen anybody. He have was he play. was he was unreal. He really he, was unreal. And, and that's the thing is that he's always one with being a freak athlete. This this training camp felt like oh no he's he's developing real yeah. tools now, and that's the thing that. I think Micah Parsons, as long as he, as long as you don't get the burnout you got at the end of the year, he yeah. can threaten twenty sacks this year. I said this on the break again a couple days ago. I think I think Micah Parsons is only as good as Dan Quinn will allow him to be. And I say that in a way that Dan Quinn needs to figure out if people take Micah Parsons out of the game then those other 10 have got to find a way to win. And it's on Dan, that's on Dan Quinn. But it's also on Dan Quinn to make sure that Micah Parsons is not seeing double and triple teams every time he rushes the passer. Michael will not complain about his rush, but if he's having to face two or three guys every single time, you know, that's going to be tough. That's the thing that wore him down in the second half. And what he did was he tried to add more body armor. He did. He's working with his hands. He's talking to guys like Andrew Whitworth. He's trying to figure out how to break guys down. So, yeah, but but Micah is only as good, in my opinion, as Dan Quinn will allow him to be. And, again, that's moving him around, but making sure that it's just not the whole defense isn't focused on Micah Parsons. You know, that there's others that are involved to try and, and carry the load. Uh, next question here from Garrett Jeffcoat. Who do you think plays a bigger role in this offense? I assume for the whole season, not just in this game. So this will be for the whole season. Who do you think plays a bigger role in this offense? Cavante Turpin or Deuce Vaughn? It's a good question. It is. Because they, they can fill similar roles as gadget players, obviously, and smaller guys. Uh, my, my first inclination is to say, actually, I think it's Deuce Vaughn. Because I think Deuce Vaughn is going to get used in the screen game. I think he's going to be used as a threat in the passing game from time to time. And uh, obviously, a guy that they can use on draw plays and some other things. I, I think that my best guess is that 
most games, Deuce Vaughn will play more snaps than Kevonte Turpin on offense. I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think there's going to be certain packages, and they're going to figure out, much like they finally figured out about Tony Pollard, you know, with the, the, the Kellen Moore administration was late to figuring out what Tony Pollard was. But I think they're going to come up with some packages and stuff. for. But we've seen Turpin play a lot more offense. You know, we've seen him. It's You know, he's been more involved in some 11, 11 personnel stuff and things like that. So, But, yeah, I, I think in the, at, the, at the end of the day, as Stephen Jones likes to say, uh, it's going to be more uh, Deuce Vaughn. Uh, next question here from Joe T. Is this timing-based offense similar to what Dak ran as a rookie? So... Look, there, there's a timing component to like, I mean, just about every offense, obviously. And, and you know, steps and everything else, quarter, you know, the quarterback drop back, the receiver steps in their route, everything else. Like, like these are, you know, aspects that exist in every offense. The offense that Dak came into in 2016 was Scott Linehan, who is a, a single back guy and a guy mm-hmm. who came up in like sort of the Eric Coriel concepts and, and a lot of 11 personnel. Um, that's where Kellen Moore got a lot of his influence. Um, and, and Jason Garrett, uh, you know, working with North Turner, which was some Eric Coriel stuff. This is going to be very different. It, it, not yeah. very different in terms of like logistically, but West coast and Eric Coriel concepts are, are different ideas about how to run offense. Yeah. And I honestly think Brian, that's, Part of why they had some issues at times last year. You you would say it that when you watch the game, at times it looked like it wasn't even a a, a, a scheme. It just yeah. looked like it was a, a hodgepodge of plays. And I think that's because that's what it was. Oh, I grab back. I think he Mike grab, yeah. was trying to infuse West Coast concepts into what Kellen Moore's Eric Coriel type of offense was, and you got this confused, you know, collection that would they put out there every week. But, no, this is going to be different than what Dak ran in 2016, I think. I think a lot different, yeah. I think it's more about they're, – they're more concerned now with – you mentioned the word – used the word steps. And they're talking about wide receiver steps and in route. And they're also talking about quarterback steps in getting set up and then letting the ball – footwork for the quarterback is something that we've heard far more under this new – Regime when it's talking about offensive coordinator with Brian Schottenheimer, more about quarterback footwork than any time during Dak Prescott's previous seven years in the league. Yep, and so it's it's definitely a focus for them. I don't know how obvious it's going to be on a snap by snap basis. What's different? But I, I think when you dig into the details, you'll see. Oh, okay, yeah this this doesn't look exactly the same to what they've done in the past no, no. Um, but Dak Prescott's going to have a lot of control here too at the line of scrimmage and so yeah it was we'll interesting because I, I know you were in the locker room today and I think mm-hmm. you got CeeDee Lamb saying yep. you kept the word everybody was talking was communication 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 yep. I hope that those receivers are men of their word with when it comes to communication knowing where to be and stuff like that because every Dak Prescott interception is going to get scrutinized Every one of them. And some of those are on guys like C.D. Lamb and others for not finishing routes. Yeah, C.D. CD took – when when we talked to him in training camp, he took responsibility for a lot. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. You know, so for them to all be on the same page and Dak throwing 
to an area thinking that CeeDee Lamb is going to be inside and he's not, that, that again, I, I, I don't have a problem with interceptions. I really don't with Dak because I understand how he's going to play this sometimes. The problems I have of his interceptions are when he doesn't see somebody, when he doesn't read it right. That's when, I, that's when I'm like, that's on the quarterback. You know, the balls that clang off Noah Brown and Dalton Schultz and CD doesn't run the right route, that's on those guys. But Dak's going to get blamed for it. The, the ones that I'm going to be concerned of is if all of a sudden that he drops back and, and you know, all of a sudden you got one of these, you know, the giant, uh, you know, cornerbacks, uh, uh, Dory Jackson is standing right there, you know, wait, just you throw it right to him, you know, or Bobby Olariki is, you know, the yeah. linebackers buzzing in the flat and boom, the ball hits him in the chest and you're going, yeah. well, wait, he's got to see that, you know. When the, when the interceptions are because quarterback fault of not seeing, those are the ones you should absolutely be concerned about. Which those are the when, – when Dak makes those, those are usually the times I feel like when he's pressing a little bit and it yeah. gives him tunnel vision. It's yeah. usually he's tunneled in on a receiver coming across the field and he misses somebody just sitting. Just sitting and, there, right. And those are, the, those are the ones that he needs to clean up the most. I think he knows that. He does. When those happen, I feel like it's usually in moments where he's pressing – He's locking in on a guy. He's trying to make something happen, and he just he tunnels in and he misses the guy just just squatting. Yeah. And it's it's happened a few times. It happened more last year than than it had in years past. I felt like so. Hopefully that's something that gets cleaned up. Uh, we will have one more episode for you guys this week before the uh, Cowboys Giants game. We'll have official predictions there. Uh, some more takeaways. Hopefully we'll have some updates uh, on where things stand with the injury report. I will be in New York uh, on Saturday and then through. The weekend for the the Cowboys game there, so uh, we'll have reports for you next week as well in terms of the vibe in the stadium and and how things played out. Uh, but for Brian Broaddus, I'm Bobby Belt. We will talk to you guys again next time.